Welcome back, everybody, to Wellbeing in Your Wallet podcast. We are excited to have a special guest star today um, that's going to take us in a little bit of a different direction in well-being. We're talking more about social and community well-being today. Affinity is part of a lot of great programs, especially in the financial literacy realm. But today we're going to talk a lot more about the Affinity Foundation with our executive director, Carla Wallach. So I'm going to kick this back to Sean first for a little icebreaker. Sean, why don't you kick it off for us, please? Sure, absolutely. This is I'm very, very excited about this. I'm very excited to have Carla join us on the podcast today. So my question to Carla would be, how would you describe the Affinity Foundation in three words? So in three words, I would have to, of course, refer back to the pillars that we focus on. So I would say well-being, education, and healthcare, because our goal in the foundation is to help people leave poverty behind. And we know that financial well-being, education, especially from an early age, and healthcare are all essential in being able to do that. Carla, I was very impressed that you were three words because I don't think I've ever used three words in my life. <laughs> did a great job. <laughs> well done. And she will be back, everybody who's listening. So thank, thank you so you. much for that. And uh, yes. as we've talked about, and I think there's a lot of good information out there, but I will also um, just say this. As we look at our episode today, I, I would love to hear more from those listening as we are all volunteers in some way. And how do you volunteer out in your communities would be a great way to tap us back as you hear this conversation. But more importantly, um, let's introduce the, you know, the esteemed panel again today. I'm Jackie Kearns, Chief Brand and Strategy Officer at Affinity Federal Credit Union. And I'll turn it to Sean, who did our icebreaker this morning as well. Yeah. So my name is Sean Lubitz. I'm the Vice President of Retail and Digital Branching here at Affinity Federal Credit Union. And I'm Grant Gallagher, the head of financial well-being and brand communications. And I'm Carla Wallach, executive director of the Affinity Foundation. Welcome back, everybody. And Carla, again, welcome to our podcast today. It's so exciting to have you here. Um, actually, we're very lucky this time of year. Carla is not running between our major events, our golf outing in June, as well as our gala in October. So we've grabbed her for a few minutes today. And we'll give a lot more detail about how you all can join us in those two really fun ways of reaching out in the community and having some fun times. But let's have Grant, who has many years experience and was actually a recognized uh, volunteer himself at this past year's gala. So we have an esteemed, um, not just your financial literacy expert here at Affinity and Wellbeing Expert, but Grant's also been a, an award-winning uh, volunteer in the community as well. So Grant, why don't you start us off on the topics today as well? Sure, of course, Jackie. And you know, I think we all know you don't need to inflate my ego anymore. I do need to fit through the door on the way out. So, but I, I <laughs> hey, do you appreciate earned it, my friend. You earned it. <laughs> I appreciate the kind words. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, one of the, the core concepts of, of well-being as an overall topic has a, a couple of different pillars. And, and one of the things that's important here for us to think about is social and community. So, you know, you can't just think about your financial, you can't just think about your physical, you can't just think about your career. It's all about your community. It's about your involvement. It's about your social network. Um, so, you know, I find personally that it's really important to be involved in all of those things. And make sure that it's, you know, you're really, you're really making a difference. You're making an impact and you're part of it. You know, a, a community isn't just a bunch of individual people, you know, in a, in a group. It's really how they interact. It's how they come together. It's how they solve problems as a group. It's how they, it's really about the, those shared values, you know. So, so I do that by looking to the financial education community. You know, I'm, I'm big in, in financial education. I, I do some volunteerism and, and work with the New Jersey Coalition for Financial Education, making sure that uh, 
education, financial education in New Jersey is accessible. Um, and, and, you know, the other piece of it too is really supporting Affinities Foundation. And, and I've done a lot of work with our, our grants committee, a couple of different event fundraising committees, um, scholarship, you know, you name it, I've, I've been involved there. But it's really, you know, the, the impact that all of those different activities have, you know, it's, it's, it's looking at those students that now have the ability to go to the school that might've been, you know, difficult to afford. It's, it's looking at the, uh, foundation partners that are now able to not only continue their programs that are having a massive impact, but accelerate them, you know, and, and we also have boots on the ground with a lot of those groups too, also volunteering in their efforts, you know, looking back to our, our impact day, October last year, um, we went to America's Grower Row. We we helped to uh, you know do some of the the picking there. Picked lots of squash that day. I'm I'm still feeling a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but uh, you know I, I think I picked a good thousand pounds of squash myself. Um, and, and it's really just making sure that we're having that positive impact on the community and, and can say that we're we're really making a difference. I mean that's that's an important value to me, and and I know that's an important value of the the Affinity Foundation. So you know pivoting over to, to Carla and, and the group, you know, just looking at the affinity mission, just looking about, you know, how we're making a, a significant impact on the community, you know, what's, what's our role there and, and, you know, who else does that, fa- the foundation partner with, you know, what, what are those benefits there? Yeah. So we partner with, um, close to 40 organizations, actually really wonderful nonprofits in the community that are doing great work to help people leave poverty behind. All of our partners work in at least two or three of the three pillars that I mentioned previously. Um, I would say, uh, you know, this past year, just this past month, actually, we made a huge impact with our first multi-year grant program. So there are six organizations doing incredible work that have received a commitment of $60,000 a year. Um, $60,000 total over three years. Um, and one of them is America's Grow Row that you mentioned. Um, but we're also partnering in new and different ways. We have a nonprofit that we are have piloting a new program called Individual Development Accounts. Someday we'll come up with a little bit of a sexier name for that. <laughs> but basically at IDA is a match savings program. We're going to help people with their financial literacy. They're going to take a set amount of curriculum to really help them learn to save and learn better saving habits. And then they get to save towards an asset. And once they're successful, they've completed the curriculum and they've saved what they're supposed to save, we will give them a match up to three times what they saved. And then they will be able to gain an asset, which could be a car, a first-time home, an education. They could be starting a business. Um, And so that curriculum will be adapted based on what their savings goal is. I love the way that ties back in so many ways, Carla, not only the community that needs the support and help, but how we're helping to educate. And it's back to Grant's point about literacy and the importance of understanding the wellness piece to improve your well-being, right? And one thing that you said, I think that's super important. And again, would love to hear more from some of the listeners is the mission-led part of what drives us, I think, to not only want to work for Affinity, the credit union, but your work and Aaron's work on the foundation side. So if I could um, just ask Sean a little bit, we've talked about, you know, why you've been part of the credit union for so long, but what what drives you when you think of the mission element of it, Sean? How does that make your job different every day? Yeah, and I, I think I've spoke about this in previous podcasts as well, but we could sit here, a lot of institutions talk about well-being, and they talk about being there for their, their customers or their members and their communities, but 
when I tell you that affinity really, truly from their core believes in having that positive impact on our members and the communities in which we serve, it, it, it starts from the top, our executive leadership. I've said it before from, from Kevin, from Jackie, all the way down to our front line and also our support areas. They have that core value of truly helping people. Um, I've been with Affinity for about 11 years now, and I've seen the foundation continue to grow. But I will say this, kudos to Carla and everything she's done since since she has joined Affinity because I am blown away at the amount of progress her and Aaron have been able to make um, by building the foundation and being able to touch even more people, but also the connection that she's been able to develop with the front line, with the branches, with the support areas here at Affinity. Um, the sky is the limit for the foundation, and it, it really honestly keeps me going knowing that we can continue to have such a positive impact on our members' lives. It's, um, it truly is amazing. I love to hear the updates from you, Carla, every time we get them, whether it be at town hall or at manager meetings. So again, kudos to you and, and Aaron, because I think it's absolutely amazing, everything that you've been able to do. Thank you, Sean. Uh, we really appreciate that. And I also want to say that, you know, the frontline staff and everyone, all the branch managers that you work with are amazing. They support the foundation in so many different ways and really help make our work possible, especially when it comes to the member relief fund. When we find out a member is struggling, they give us the referral so that we can help them both with a grant and with connections to, it might be a homeless shelter or it might be a food pantry. Um, you know, they're, they're, enthusiasm in helping the member um, and how much they care about helping the member. I agree with you. That has been amazing for me coming to work for Affinity the last two years because I've been a member since 2013, but I never really knew the heart of Affinity until I worked here. And it's, it's been amazing. I think it's also really an interesting point of intersection when you want to have impact community as well as in your financial life and how important they support each other. And as you just said, in terms of what we can do across many of those 40 plus partners that you not only help support through grants or, you know, the work in the squash fields, as Grant had mentioned, when we had a day of impact as an organization, but the team members here feel just completely, I think, differently about how we serve. And the one thing that's a mission about the credit union movement is people helping people. And we talk a lot about that, but can you just give us some examples, um, Carla, of what your hope is that we can reach not only the podcast uh, listeners today, but more people in our communities to lean in and support not only the foundation, but like you said, other community activities of our partners even in some cases? Yeah. So one thing that's become really clear to me through the Member Relief Fund is how much people are struggling. Um, we have a common saying that, you know, if you go to the grocery store and you look at the 10 people around you, probably nine of them are struggling with something. And so I, I personally think it's really important to get the message out to be kind and to, you know, give back, try to help folks, um, you know, and, and of course, we're always looking for people to get involved with the foundation because the more volunteers we have, the more members we have with the foundation, um, the more donations we receive, the more impact we can make in the community and the more we can do for our members as well. It's such a great point. And I know that it's actually evolved, as Sean said, so rapidly. I, I love the work in the last two years and just seeing how many more people we can touch. You know, member relief is a huge example of our members getting help directly by the Credit Union and Foundation Partnership. But, you know, I also wanted to dig in a little bit here across, you know, Sean and, and Grant, your experience as well. What other ways do you both look to support the foundation and helping Carla and Aaron get the word out? You know, what, what are you looking forward to so that we could 
kind of broaden this and, and like Carla said, not only just be kind, but also be impactful in our kindness. Yeah, I think from the um, from the frontline standpoint, it's just, again, how can they be involved, right? Whether it's a monetary donation to the foundation, not everybody can do that. And that's absolutely okay. It could be the time that they volunteer to assist with the foundation. Um, it could just be an idea. I've seen a lot of ideas come out of the branches that Carla is always open and you know, wants to learn more about what's out there. What are we hearing from our membership? What can we do a little bit differently? Um, so it, it doesn't always have to be monetary. It doesn't always have to be even their time, but just the ideas and keeping it at the forefront of their mind of how can we help our members? How can we go above and beyond and kind of differentiate ourselves as a financial institution and really go back to, again, the, the core of why we're here is to treat is people helping people, right? To have empathy for those individuals in our communities, those members that come into our branch, call us over the phone. It's, it's very, very important to have that connection. And like I said, this is super powerful to me because I've seen and heard the stories from the members that come into our branch that we were able to keep in their apartment or you know, have had tears in their eyes because they've actually been able to go food shopping for, um, from the, the efforts that Carla and Aaron have put into the foundation. So it's, it's amazing to see firsthand. And it's one of those things that when you go home at the end of the day and you put your head on the pillow, you know that you know, you've had this positive impact on someone's life and not everybody has it as good as you do. So it puts things into perspective. So that's why, again, I, it's a, I think everything Carla and Aaron have done is, is absolutely amazing. And I want the foundation to continue to grow. Grant, yeah, as I say, you've been, you've been as we said before, not to reinflate the, uh, your ego, <laughs> but you have been part of this much longer than Sean, Carla and I. So what keeps you inspired? What, what started your passion to serve? And then how do you stay inspired to really help have that impact? Yeah, so so it's I've I've been involved in the foundation in some capacity for roughly a decade now, and and uh, the the reality is it actually started as as my job. You know, I was part of that functional team for a while, handling some of those responsibilities, and then you know the the passion was there, and it just kind of stuck with it. So when it when it stopped being my job, I transitioned over to volunteer instead, and and just kept with it. Um, and it's it's it it's feel good. It, it makes sense, and it's it's really getting to see us living our mission, you know, firsthand and seeing that impact. I, I mean, one of the things that I, I can honestly say is as a, as a, a grants committee member, a lot of the, the, the groups that would come in asking for funds, some of them were right in my backyard that I didn't even know about, you know? So that was one of the things that was really eye opening is, is just seeing the level of need and the different groups that are out there to, to serve all these different populations and needs. Um, and they, they need support. They need people that can both dedicate their time as, as well as their funds to make sure that they can, they can help the people that, that are out there. Um, the, the other piece that, that is, is nice is from a, uh, official capacity. I'm, I'm in a, a situation where I can make sure that those groups also get whatever financial education resources they need. You know, usually audiences that are struggling, you know, populations that are struggling, they, they definitely need budgeting help at, at very least, if, if not some help with their credit, if not some help with, you know, just figuring out what their ne next move is to, to make sure that they have a, a stable financial situation moving forward. Because most of the time, if, if you're, you're going to a nonprofit for some sort of assistance, you've hit some sort of bump of the road and you need some assistance, you know, riding the ship. So it's really nice to be able to help them from that capacity. 
Um, but the other piece is also helping the foundation tell their story from a communications perspective. You know, they, they, they do some amazing work. Carly, you, you and the team, I mean, I've seen the foundation grow over, over all these years and, and it's, it's stronger and it's doing more work than ever before and, and amazing results. So, I mean, it's, it's really exciting to be able to help and, and tell that story and, and just get it out there. Cause I, I think that'll help inspire people. I think it, it has an amplification effect where people will take a look out in their community and see what they can do to help and, uh, you know, continue to, to further our mission, even, even without being a part of the organization, just being a, a member. I'm glad you highlighted that, that importance of getting the word out because, you know, that's another way Sean was talking about how employees can, if they can't give, they can give time or maybe there's other ways. Just talking about the foundation, letting people know it exists, that we're here to help. Um, and, and like you said, there's an amplification. Like I've had people donate after their neighbor told them about, you know, that they donated after they found out about the great work we're doing. And we had, I think, three different people donate to the member relief fund this year after we helped them last year. So there are people who are turning around and paying it forward when they can, which is, yeah, amazing. I think that's such a testament to the work that is happening. Um, A lot of foundations, and I would like to take a little bit of time, Carla, if we could, to go a little bit more in depth about, one, what does it mean to be part of the Affinity Foundation? Because it is uh, complementary, as we've talked about, to being part of the credit union, but there are some different things. How do you get involved? Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. And also, there are things that we have going on from a foundation perspective. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more again in depth about how do you donate either your time, treasure, or resource? So could you just take us through one, what you would love to see us know about the foundation? How do I start, you know, if I'm not an affinity member or I am an affinity member, how do I start to become part of it? And then how does the donation process happen? Because it's Mm -hmm. very different from a lot of nonprofits I have worked with or been a donator to in the past. Yeah, sure. So uh, one of the differences with the foundation from the credit union is that um, we are a separate nonprofit, but we were founded by the credit union. So we carry out the philanthropic work of the credit union. Um, We have a membership model. So if someone wants to join, they can be invited to special events. They could potentially be invited to volunteer efforts and they would have an opportunity to vote for one of our board members. Um, People can also get involved by volunteering on one of our committees, by volunteering at an event. Um, We are seeking volunteers to help us with mentoring those folks in the IDA program who are working to become an entrepreneur and start a business. Um, So there's lots of different ways to get involved. And of course, we always welcome monetary support because, you know, going a little deeper into what we do, we are a foundation. So we, by definition, give money out to nonprofits to support the great work they're doing when it's aligned with our mission. But we're also a direct program delivery foundation, which is a little unusual from a typical foundation. So by delivering the member relief fund, we're not just giving out a grant. We're actually working as we're not social workers, but we're doing social work by actually connecting these folks to, as I mentioned, feeding organizations, shelters. In one case, it was cancer support. In another, it was domestic abuse support. Um, So we, because we know so many nonprofits, we are able to connect our members with the things that they need when they're really having a, a bump in the road. The other thing that we deliver directly is that IDA program that I mentioned. You know, we're actually in partnership with Grant and his team delivering financial literacy to help people leave poverty behind. This model of IDA is something that has been state funded for a long time, and it's not currently being funded by the state. And in my view, is 
something that is proven to help people build generational wealth and truly leave poverty behind. So I really think that's going to be the future of achieving our vision. I think what's important in what you are also outlining, one, you can be part of the foundation and not be part of Affinity, which we welcome people Mm -hmm. to join as members of Affinity, but also you've done a great job of starting a new um, social media outreach there. Go find the Affinity Foundation uh, on your favorite social media platform. There's also events that I mentioned earlier that happen each year. So there's a golf outing in June that's an invitational, but there's also an amazing opportunity for an inspirational evening. Can you just tell us a little bit about that evening? Because I do think it's so brings it together. Uh, last year was just made everything feel connected and alive. And I just love you to talk a little bit about that if you could. Yeah, we're super excited about the Rise and Inspire Gala. So last year was our first inaugural event. Um, everyone on the podcast today was there. And of course, we honored Grant as one of our awardees. Um, but really, the, the, the reasoning behind doing the gala is to expose people to our mission and really have them see the work that we're doing. So this year, it will be at the mansion at Natterar in Far Hills, which in itself is an amazing um, experience, Uh, really high-end dinner and cocktail hour. But the really important part is we will have an award ceremony where we will honor those folks who have been super supportive to the foundation. But we also highlight, again, a mission moment, and we have a speaker come in, usually a high-end celebrity speaker who will come in and talk about some element of our mission and the importance of giving back. Last year, we welcomed Liz Murray, who was featured in the Homeless to Harvard. She wrote the book, and then they they featured her in a TV show. Um, And she did an amazing talk about her journey from literally being homeless to going to Harvard University and leaving poverty behind. And we also highlighted some folks from our member relief fund. So that was pretty amazing. Um, I have to say all around, it felt like uh, a really strong mission moment and everyone really enjoyed themselves. So we hope that people come out and join us for the gala this year. It's on October 12th, by the way. And that would be in New Jersey. And if you're not in New Jersey, there's definitely a lot of other ways to get involved. Uh, There's some fun things that happen before and after and during that if you follow us on the social media handles that we mentioned, We'll also uh, provide some updates in other future podcasts. So it sounds like another great event and evening uh, for all to be part of what is at the heart of the foundation and our mission to serve. Uh, I'd also just like to um, ask you another question about just how to grow um, the foundation. I was so impressed when you had shared with us how many different states we currently help either members or the community. Can you just talk a little bit about that as well? Because for some of the listeners, we're not just in New Jersey, they might be in other states that we have helped as well or could help further in the future. Absolutely. So we have members in all 50 states and abroad. Um, And I would say that for the Member Relief Fund, we are touching, I think the last count was something like 27 states. So we have members that we've helped in Florida, all the way to Seattle, um, here in New Jersey, all the way up in Connecticut. So really, we have members all over who are receiving assistance from the foundation. And then our grants program typically uh, spans three states, the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. So for those grant partners, we do tend to like to work with those who are within a driving distance so we can visit them and really see in person the impact that they're making in the community. The one other thing too, Carla, that I wanted you to talk a little bit about before we turn it over to Sean is the scholarship program. So I know that um, even though Grant won last year's award, he wasn't one of our scholarship awardees. He hasn't been here quite that long, but could have potentially been. So tell us a little bit about the scholarship process, because I know that'll be coming up in the next few months. 
Yeah, I'm glad you asked because we are um, just putting out that announcement now and uh, the applications are due in May. So every year we invite student members to come and apply for a scholarship. We give out six scholarships at $2,500 each. And I would say that we focus on the non-traditional students. So someone who has had a struggle that they've had to overcome, but we see that potential, that fire in their belly that they can really do something amazing. So a perfect example is a young woman named Raquel, whose essay talked about the overcoming the experience of being homeless and living in the car with her mom. And she's now going to school to become a nurse so that she can give back to the community in the way that she received help when she was homeless. So, you know, those are the kinds of students we're focused on. It's not necessarily going to be the 4.0 4.0 GPA or, you know, the person who played every sport, it's really, who's that person that's got the grit and the fire to do really great things with their life? That's awesome. That That's one, that's one thing that I, I like to, to share too. when when we're having these conversations, you know, fully, full transparency, I, I'm, I'm also on that scholarship committee is we're looking for those mission driven individuals, the, the, the folks that really have a deep passion for a purpose and it's not it's not a scholastic achievement scholarship, you know. We're, we're sure that those people are well qualified, but it's those people that really have that driving passion and, and care for something and, and really bring it to life. Um, because those those are the folks that we know are going to succeed. They're they're going to make an impact in their community. They're they're really going to make a difference. And and that's that's our goal. That's what we want to have happen. And we've done it annually for how many years now? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Stumped us both. <laughs> many years. I know did, it's been going on for many years before I joined. Um, so, I, Grant, do you, did it happen the entire ten years it, that you were, you've been involved? Yes, it, it, it predates me. I, I think it probably might be about as old as the foundation. So, it's uh, it is a longstanding program, giving out. I mean, at this point, uh, over is it twenty years? Close to twenty years. Yeah, uh, we were founded in 2005 and received our charter in 2007. So yeah, Yeah. we're going to be coming up on a special celebration soon. Fantastic. It's just uh, community work at its best. And if you need more information, please, like I said, the Affinity Foundation, you can find it on your favorite social media um, platform. Uh, Maybe not all of them. We're we're trying to get out to the TikTokers in the world and those who love uh, every new (laughs) app that comes out. I have no idea what they are, but my, t- my kids do tell me that they're out there. But LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, the traditional ones as well. Um, so we'll be there and please reach back out to us. Just to confirm, though, this podcast will live longer than the scholarship period. When's the final date to submit your scholarships, Carla? Is that? Um, it's May 1st. May 1st. So if you're mm-hmm. listening to this after May 1st, please tell your students to get ready for the following year, 2024. But May 1st this year, we'll be taking those scholarship applications. I liked how you said it, the grit of those out there who have that fire to impact and serve their communities going forward. So thank you. Absolutely. You know, I also think that inquiring minds that heard about the the gala might also be interested to know when they can start looking for those tickets. So do you know when tickets will go on sale for this year's gala? Yeah, so we will typically put tickets on sale in the early summer. Um, we're all, we already have auction items up. Um, we've got a lot of exciting things coming. So we'll be putting out some announcements on the social platforms that Jackie mentioned. Again, it's LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, once we have our speaker, we'll be sure to announce that. It'd be very exciting. Um, and then, yeah, I think tickets typically go on sale in the summertime because the event is, again, on October 12th. All right. Very exciting. Thanks for sharing that. I, I know I'll, I'll be there. And, uh, you know, hey, anybody who's out of state, th- there's planes, trains, and automobiles to come on in. Yeah. And we will book hotels. We'll get a, a block of rooms. So anyone that wants to join us, you'll be able to get a discounted room as well. 
It's a beautiful location for a wonderful evening. So we look forward to that. Sean, why don't you uh, take over for Grant, usually, who covers what's coming through the mail, and uh, let us know what's coming through the mail. Well, there's some big shoes to fill, but I will I will do my best. So looking in the uh, the mailbag now, and this and I love this question because, again, we talk about how focused we are as an organization on the communities, but our members are, you know, we have some amazing members who are also just as focused as um, having that impact on their community as well. So the question that we have in the mailbag is, if it's from one of our members, they asked, what are some ways that Affinity members can also help within the community? So I will turn that over to all of you if you have any ideas on how you know our members can also have that impact as well. 100%. I mean, um, there's an actual science behind... Uh, Grant touched on this a little bit earlier, the well-being, you know, and how the, uh, giving back is an important b- part of, w- of giving back, of well-being. Um, there's actually a scientific um, evidence that when you give back, you feel better. And it doesn't have to be just monetarily. There are so many ways people can give back. You can donate to your favorite charity. You can give back by volunteering. Um, you can do food drives. You know, there's so many different ways to get involved. Um, even something as simple as handing out food at a, at a soup kitchen or at a food pantry. Um, there are a lot of different ways that you can get involved in your local community. If you look for, you know, what are those nonprofits in your community doing great work that, that you're really passionate about? And I think that's maybe one of the most important points is follow your passion. What is it that really, you know, you get fired up about and that really drives you to give back? That, that's exactly where, where I was thinking, Carla. It's, it's you know, as for, for all intents and purposes, you're, you're donating your time. It's, it's likely some work involved. But if you're doing something that you feel really great about and you're really passionate about, it's not work. It's, it's, it's building your community. It's building your, your network. It's, it's, you're getting a lot out of it, if not more than the people who are on the receiving end. So it's, it's really valuable there. Um, and, and the other piece of it, too, is, you know, make sure that that's visible to your family, your friends, your kids. Um, you know, I, I know some people who it, it never even crosses their mind to, to volunteer or donate. And it's just because that's, that's the environment that they were raised in. That's the environment they were brought up in. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough to, to be surrounded by people who, who really emphasize the importance of it, but it's, you know, talk about it, communicate it, try to bring a friend when you go out and do something, you know, it'll, it'll increase the impact. It'll increase your, your just connectedness to your community and, and, and it'll, it'll, it'll feel good and it'll, and it'll do good. Yeah. And I think the one thing you both hit on, which is so important that we need, especially coming after some major um, pandemic isolation is people helping each other, as we said before, but also reconnecting. Um, part of the work we do, which is based on the Gallup methodology, talks about, do you have a person you can reach out to and just have a conversation with? It doesn't have to be a family member. Is there a trusted person in your life? And many times, organized volunteerism is important. But like Carla said before, just being kind and reaching out to those who may live down the street or the apartment across the hallway, it's just these simple things that start to get us really re-entered into the everyday flow of just being good human beings. And I think we have a lot of ways of doing that. We have organized ways of doing that. But I think more importantly, just talking to each other, having a smile for someone, even a stranger, it just makes a difference, right? And I think the good work of all the things we've talked about today just, you know, can manifest. And Uh, I always look at it in three ways, you know, your time, your treasure and your talent, right? Those three T's, if you can give one of those three or all of those three, we're all going to be in a better place in our communities. 
And um, I think if you want to know more, find us. Uh, we've talked a little bit more about that today. Uh, but Sean, I'll ask you before you, you close the satchel up on the mailbag, anything you wanted to add to any of those things that we've just covered? Yeah, I would, um, <clears throat> excuse me again. I would, I would add to that, please, again, come visit our branches. Come talk to our, our frontline team members because as an organization, we also have some amazing benefits that encourage our team members to volunteer. Um, it, it is absolutely in our DNA to go out, go above and beyond. Again, it, it is not always going to be monetary, but at the same point, we have a lot of people, we have a lot of man hours that we're able to volunteer. So if, if you are a local nonprofit in the communities in which we have branches, please come see us, come talk to your local branch manager. Um, there's a lot that can be done and we are eager to help in any way we can. So I really do encourage you, please come, come see Come see us, come have a conversation, see what we can do for you. From North in Norwalk, Connecticut, or sorry, New Haven, Connecticut, even more North than Norwalk, all the way down to Middletown, New Jersey, and between and beyond, we will be there to help you. So thank you all today. I think it was a great discussion. Um, We definitely had one more time to talk a little bit about the uh, spotlight that we usually do before we close. So just one quick, maybe um, snippet between Grant and Carla how do I donate? I mean, I know how because I'm on the mailing and email and I work here, but how, how do we donate into this wonderful Affinity Foundation that we've talked about today to do all those wonderful things that we've covered? So Affinity Foundation aims to provide Affinity members in our communities with solutions to improve financial wellness, educational programs that enable self-sufficiency, and support that ensures access to essential healthcare services. Their vision is to end the cycle of poverty for those we serve, and you can be the difference and change a life by becoming a member of the Affinity Foundation. For more, you can visit affinitygives.org. How was that? Absolutely. Great right. job, Grant. And if you want to go straight to the donate page, if you go to affinitygives.org slash donate, you can donate online there. You can also uh, donate through various means. You know, as a as a fundraiser, I have to mention, you can always give through planned giving, which means wills. You can always give through your RMD if you are retired and you must use your, um, your IRA uh, RMD, then you can always give that way as well. But really, the fun part is you can come to our events, buy a ticket, come out, hang out with us, you know, enjoy the entertainment. Um, That's another way. So keep an eye out again for those events. Fantastic. I think that as we've covered the the gamut today, and I thank Carla as our executive director of the foundation, we know that you're very busy. Uh, Again, we got you at the right time of year, but we definitely would love for you to come back and tell us more about the community impacts that you are seeing and living firsthand. Uh, We'd love to hear from any listeners who need our help and support, whether it be member relief or can offer those talents and treasures we've talked about before by donating through those give pages. Uh, but most importantly, we're here to listen and want to improve your well-being in those communities that we serve. So I will turn it to Grant and ask you to close us out for this session, Grant. Thank you so much. Uh, of course. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, just a reminder that if you have a question or comment for a future member mailbag segment, you can send it to at AffinityFCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. And as always, rate, like, and subscribe for more from the Wellbeing in Your Wallet podcast. You can visit affinityfcu.com for additional information about financial well-being and all of the wonderful affinity products we talked about today. And of course, donate to your community, support your community, get involved. It all starts with those little grassroots efforts and have a great day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>